just great to be here, and it's great for the the you know the room to be well heated and well lit, and all the all the this morning. And so, um, if we could, I'd like to just get us, kick us off here with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for providing us a community and an opportunity to get together in fellowship and find out what's going on in each other's lives. Thank you for those who are going to speak this morning and help us help us really listen and engage in a way that sets this morning aside from other mornings. Help us take that out into the world, however we are going to interact with the world today. Thank you so much for Advent and for the gift of your son who is impacting us each and every day. Help us feel that impact and help us feel the the peace and contentment that can come from knowing it's not just our plan. Thank you so much um, an opportunity for us to be together. That name, I'm in. So we've got about, uh, I'm going to keep waiting for, uh, see, let me admit Rusty one more time. And um, I'll try and keep track of the microphones. If anybody's got a dog that starts to bark or a, uh, a doorbell that rings, um, I will probably mute it. You should be able to unmute just with your normal screen. Um, I don't see anybody that is calling in purely by phone this morning. Uh, so if you run into a problem, just try and get my attention with chat and um, we will uh, we will multitask the way the best we can. Um, except for when I'm actually trying to, I hope you can hear me okay. If you can't, I'll take off my mask with permission of the guys here that are in the room, but uh, hopefully hear me okay. Um, this morning's format is a little bit different. Um, next month, our, our speaker is gonna be Bill Floyd. And um, that is the new Bill Floyd. For those of you who have been around RUMC for a while, we're gonna, we're gonna joke about Bill Floyd coming back from the dead for a while, but this is the new Bill Floyd and he is stepping in to help with pastoral care. And uh, he'll be speaking to us next month. Um, Jeff, I see this joined. Do we have any other church announcements before we get started here? And I'll introduce our speakers. Um, don't believe so. The um, uh... Y'all have information about the uh, Christmas um, events and, and things that are going on. So uh, I don't think there's anything pressing. Um, I will remind everybody that we have a, a volunteer opportunity that starts today and goes through the weekend. It's for the Arts and Crafts. Um, I apologize for the late email yesterday. I had some IT problems. Um, but in there is a link to sign up, and it is for the Arts and Crafts Show. The way that works is all of the vendors go to the youth as a part of the youth uh, to support youth activities throughout the year. It's mostly going to be set up in the Dodd parking lot. And so um, feel free to sign up for the volunteer opportunity. You can help clean up. You can drive a golf cart. You can help set up audio if you're going to be with me tomorrow morning. Plenty of things that you can do. And while you're here, you can take care of your Christmas shopping. There will be things that will be suitable to take care of Christmas shopping. And so, you know, hopefully you can find a chance to do that. Forward it on to other folks, anybody in the Roswell area. It's extremely important that we get good foot traffic here and hopefully the weather is going to accommodate that. Um, so this morning's program uh, came to, uh, is really a theme-based program. Um, there is a new Advent devotional that came out for this year. It is not just RUNC, but it's RUNC and about four other churches and members who have written devotionals. And I thought it would be fun to have uh, a couple of men from RUMC who wrote in it, come speak a little bit about what was behind their devotional. Now, I'm going to do a quick poll here and everybody can hear and I can see. How many of you have seen that devotional either in paper form or electronically? Excellent. So I'm going to make certain, first of all, that you have access to devotional. Um, 
Did anybody raise their hand on the cameras? Who, is, who has gotten a copy of the devotional? Scott has, he's, and Mark has, he's in it. Excellent. So um, in the email that came out, I'll do this for a second, and then I'll turn off my screen until Rusty or somebody tells me they want their devotional up. Uh, and pardon my messy desktop. There is a link. Hopefully you all got this email yesterday. And the Advent devotional, it's on our church web page. If you find the Christmas page on there, there is a big button that says devotional. But it's two levels. And um, I'll start this up hopefully where it's big enough for everybody to see that work. And um, you can, of course, download your own copy. But um, it is a, a, a nice mixture. And you can see here the churches that were involved. Now, I don't know how uh, Melissa picked these churches, but it was really great to... Uh, you know, see that, that many churches together were contributing. And there was a series of videos that we were supposed to watch. We were given a scripture to a, a, as an assignment, and then we were to watch videos teach us how to a devotional. Now, I'm not going to speak for the other men, but I'll tell you, am I the only one who doesn't read the manual as a problem? First, you try and do it, and then if you run into a problem, read the manual. Maybe I'm the only guy who does that. But uh, anyway, the videos were very instructive, I thought, on how to take a scripture unpack it in a way that would help you write a demo about it. And so if you're interested in that process, I would be happy to provide you the materials that went into this. But I thought it would be fun to, to take a look at and ask the men who ended up, um, ended up involved in doing this to come and speak. Now, our speaker from last quarter was one of those guys who, who uh, contributed a devotional. He is getting married on Saturday, and you know we thought we would give him a buy this. That uh, he was not, he was not, uh, he was encouraged to show up, but we did not expect him to show up. And so, as you see here, each one of these talks about um, a scripture and, and interpretation of. It. And so, um, Rusty, Mark, Scott, and I um, all agreed here to be this morning and tell you a little bit about what went through our minds as we prepared this. Um, I assume everybody has, knows who Mark Kramer is. Mark, you're the first one in this. And, and Rusty, I know I said you could go first. Is that still a, a need? Do you want to go first? Uh, Eric, tell me first. I've turned my video off. Can you hear me well? Is this good or is it still a little choppy? Oh, your audio sounds great. And when you speak, there's a still shot of you on your porch. And so, you <laughs> okay. know, that, that's a good blend if you ask me. Yeah, he look, that guy looks a little old, but... Um, uh, uh, I use him anyhow. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't have to go first. You can start with Mark or I'm happy to go first, whatever you decide. All right. Uh, great. Well, I got Mark here up on the screen. And so we're going to be doing food here in the room. We'll take just a second to do that. So the guys here and, um, you know, Mark, would you mind leading us off here and, and, you know, introduce yourself and how you ended up interpreting the scripture not all of them have the scripture on the, the list. And so if you want me to go find the scripture, I will try and I will try and do. Um, Eric, I have I have the scripture right in front of me, so I'm good for that. And I and I would like to start by reading it. But do you want me to wait a minute or two or do you want me to start right now? Nope. Everybody in the room wants food to ask food. We're good to go. OK. All right. So um, my scripture and I just I just want to glance at time, Eric, so I don't. I don't think I'll go too long, but you wanted us to be five to 10 minutes. Yeah, one of us is gonna start coughing if you're going through. Okay, all right. Um, so the scripture that I was given is Genesis 3, 22 through 24. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and, and live forever. 
So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he has been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So when I first read this, um, my, I, I believe my initial thought was, what in the world does this have to do with Advent? Yeah. And then it dawned on me, it has everything. to. And I, since it's short and since it's on the screen, I'll go ahead and read the devotional and, um, and, and then elaborate. So I said, you may be wondering what this passage has to do with Advent. My one word answer is everything. In Advent, we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ, the source of our true salvation. This passage describes the penalty or consequences sin, disobeying God, which is spiritual separation from God, resulting in physical and spiritual death. Uh, I believe I wrote, this was not God's will, but it was edited to this was not God's hope. So I like to say this was not God's will. He created us to have fellowship with us and for us to live with him forever with no sickness and death. What if our story ended with our being banished from the Garden of Eden and no longer having access to the Tree of Life? There would be no hope, no peace, no love, no joy. But our story does not end there. Because God loves us so much, he sent Jesus to die on the cross in our place for our sins so that we might have eternal life with him. And we can now experience the hope, peace, joy, and love that we celebrate during Advent. So um, I personally um, have a very difficult time when someone refers to someone's death by saying it was God's will. Because I do not think that death is God's will. I don't think that sickness is God's will. I think it was God's will for us to live with him forever in the Garden of Eden. <clears throat> However, when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, I think, I think you'll remember the story. They, they were given one rule to follow, not 604. They were given one rule to follow. Do not eat the fruit of the tree of life. They disobeyed. Disobeying God is sin. And so holy, just, righteous God would not, cannot, I'm not exactly sure what word to use, but would not, cannot um, fellowship with sinful man. So he banished Adam and Eve from the Garden of Life, uh, from the Garden of Eden. They no longer had access to Tree of Life and thus began um, what we have going on today, which is sickness and death, not God's will. But God loves us so much that he still wanted to have that fellowship. So what he did is he became man. John 1, 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He became man and Jesus <clears throat> died on the cross in our place for our sin. One of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 5, 21, which says he made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteous of God. So this passage has everything to do with Advent. Advent simply means to come. I like to share that because I think um, people that know me, I, I would single out Rusty and Fletch, uh, James Coral, even though I know him as Taylor. Um, people who know me uh, know that I have sort of a 
redneck tendency. So I think it's fun to be able to tell people who have that persona of me that I happen to know that Advent is from the Latin means to come. So Advent is to come. It is Jesus, Jesus' coming, and he came to die on the cross in our place for our sins so that we might have eternal life with God now and forever. Thus endeth my six-minute devotion. Brother Stevens, I'll turn it back to you and let people ask questions or shut up and turn it over to the next person, however you want to proceed. Well, I want to feel like everybody can ask questions uh, throughout. I will tell you that I'm so glad you brought up the, the, the Latin. You know, when I, when I, we were teaching uh, the youth this last week, one of the questions that we were trying to facilitate the conversation with was, what does Advent mean? And when we got into the Latin, you know, I had to confess, I really wanted to talk about what are your favorite carols. And one of my favorite carols is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And uh, there are arrangements of that that start out in Latin. Vinny, Vinny, and, and then after that, I, I won't trust you with my Latin. But, you know, it's so wonderful to have the ancient uh, words that we, you know, we bring back as part of discussion today. And I, I had not really to come as a the way to translate Advent um, from the original, but thank you for bringing that to us. Um, Believe it or not, I remember from ninth and 10th grade Latin, ad is a preposition to, and vent or veni, or I think to pronounce it properly, it's winny, um, is come, to come. All right, now I'll quit wowing you with my knowledge of Latin, because I think I just, um, I got as far as I could go. Well, it is... Uh... It is, it is not, you know, necessarily what everybody teaches this day. I'm going to try and find a way to have both screens up and the video at the same time. Give me one second here while I uh, try and jockey doing what I want to do. What it um, well, thank you, Mark, for, uh, for starting us off with that. Um, I am going to look through here real quickly to see who is naturally next in the book. And if someone gets close on time, please, uh, you know, please say, hey, look, I need to go next and uh, break ground. Now, I did not notice that Katie Cromwell had done a devotional. So on December 6th, today is the third. You're not allowed to read ahead, right? Does everybody have those Christmas uh, calendars, right, where the candy is in it or you have? <laughs> Advent calendars. Advent calendars? I'm sorry. It's an <laughs> the, um, I, uh, we don't have any chocolate in our household right now. For some reason, I can't explain. But um, it will be nice when we finally uh, get to a place where Cammie doesn't tell me what to eat in the mornings. Um, there is bacon here. I hope somebody has bacon. So on December the 6th, we've got Katie Cromwell. And then you'll notice, I don't know um, um, Gene Motley. Does anybody know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. He's a member of Bereans. He's a member of Bereans. Prayer warrior. The ultimate prayer warrior. I know who Gene is now. She normally sits way up in the... In the balcony, correct? No, 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 no. That's Elaine Hughes. That's Elaine Hughes. Thank you. Gene inspired and created the prayer walk around RUMC. Oh, okay. Now I will have that to connect on the on the seventh. All right. So, uh, so Scott, somehow you were chosen for December the ninth. Um, are you? Yep. I see you on the video. We haven't tested your audio. How are you coming through? Oh, I'm doing good. Excellent. <clears throat> I got this fancy new headset, so it works good. Well, thank you for being with us this morning. Tell us a little bit about your devotion. So, you know, like Kramer, when I looked at this, I'm like, what the heck did this come from? But this is Advent, and I actually went back and looked, and, and this reading from Isaiah 64 is, in fact, the lectionary for this coming Sunday. Um, 
you know, so Advent starts the year. I, I, I always start Sunday school on, <laughs> on the first Sunday of Advent with a Happy New Year because in our liturgical calendar, it is the start. But, you know, within that, that cycle of lectionary readings, they're not always what we expect. Uh, at least w- w- one year out of the three-year lectionary cycle is actually like revelations kind of waiting and coming passages because we're not looking just for Jesus coming in in the first time in the birth of a baby. We're also looking to coming to every day and it is coming again. So my scripture um, comes from Isaiah and and some of these are relatively long passages throughout this whole uh, the whole devotional series. But the scripture here says, if only you would tear open the heavens and come down, mountains would quake before you like fire igniting brushwood or making water boil. If you would make your name known to your enemies, the nations would tremble in your presence. When you accomplished wonders before all, beyond all our expectations, when you came down, mountains quaked before you. From ancient times, no one has heard, no, one, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God but you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You look after those who gladly do right. They'll praise you for your ways. But you were angry when we sinned. You hid yourself when we did wrong. We have all become like the unclean. All of our righteous deeds are like a menstrual rag. All of us wither like a leaf. Our sins, like the wind, carry us away. No one calls on your name. No one bothers to hold on to you, for you've hidden yourself from us and have handed us over to our sin. But now, Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. All of us are the work of your hand. Don't rage so fiercely, Lord. Don't hold our sins against us forever. But gaze now on your people all of us. So yeah, this was one of those that you look at and it's like, wow, what do we get with that? Um, the videos that Eric told us about that they had suggested. And I think that kind of my impression of how we came to have this set of, of churches involved in this is it's friends and friends of friends, right? So the pastor in Natchitoches, Louisiana was a good friend of Melissa's. And I think that these are all a group of pastors who had been friends or at least friends of friends. And, and, the pastor in Louisiana had been spearheading this in her congregation for some time and wanted to kind of share the love. But kind of like a Sunday school lesson that I did a, a couple of months back about laments, where we find in the scripture that God is big enough for us to just go yell at and say, I am so frustrated. I am frustrated with what's going on. I am frustrated with you, God, um, and kind of get it out and figure out that it's not God's fault um, that that. God's big enough to let us work through that. So, so my devotional kind of talks to it says, this has been a rough year for many of us. We're frustrated, impatient, angry, tired, and ready for all of this to be over. We just want to cry out and rage and yell and stamp our feet at God. You need to come fix all of this, God. Not showing up right away? Fine. We'll just do whatever we like, and it will be your fault. Why aren't you listening to us, God? Advent's a time of waiting. It's a time where we can remember that God is willing to hear our complaints, our laments, our attempts to justify ourselves. But then God wraps the everlasting arms around us and pulls us back in. In this lament of Israel, we can hear ourselves begging God to step in and make things right. And when that doesn't happen, when and how we expect, we get indignant and go our own way. No one calls on your name. No one bothers to hold on to you. As I struggled with this passage, my wife read it and said immediately, and immediately said, that's exactly why Jesus came. And so we're reminded again, 
that in our waiting and our frustration, we still look forward to and are assured of Jesus coming, coming as the infant at Christmas, coming as God incarnate, coming into our lives and molding us like the potter molds the clay and ultimately coming again in glory. So, I mean, I think that everybody has been just worn out and frustrated, uh, whether in our current situation with lockdowns, people yelling at each other and uh, all of the things going on both in our society and in our nation, but also in our individual lives as, as we adjust to how things are. And, you know, we hope that God is going to come do something and we don't see the, the flaming chariot coming in or God coming down out of the clouds and just, you know, smiting those that we think ought to get smited. Uh, it's the old far side with God with the smite button. Um, so we get frustrated and we get frustrated and we wait and we get frustrated. And we wait and we get frustrated. This is the story of the church, right? Um, in the early church, they kind of expected Jesus to be back day after tomorrow. Uh, and here we are 2000 years later, still celebrating that waiting. But in the meantime, when things get tough, we still get frustrated and we go do our thing. Look back at the history of Israel. This is what happened when Moses went on the mountain and he was gone for, you know, five weeks and everybody's like, dude, where is he? Well, let's make us a calf. They went and did their own thing. And so because no one is bothering, that's a lot of why Jesus has, has come to us, or Jesus does come to us, uh, has, does, and will so that we can come back, so that we can come back. And, and I think that it's important when we, when we sit back and realize that, that, oh, maybe I'm behaving badly and I can trust that Jesus is coming. And so, so like Kramer was talking about with Advent looking for coming and it's looking for waiting, the only way that we have this hope is the confidence that, that Jesus has come and will come again. And as such, we can allow ourselves to be molded into what we're supposed to be. And that's kind of where I came from with this. I, 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 when, you, when you asked us to talk about the backstory, I was thinking, wow, I don't know, you know that I had a whole lot of backstory. Um, but, but the process that they suggested of engaging with the scripture um, to kind of look at it closely and to look at it with what am I seeing and hearing and smelling and touching? Well, that sounds like disciple to me, but it is. It's a great way to, to, to feel the scripture out to see what does it make me think of? How do I see myself sitting here? That that, that process of, of digging deeply into the scripture is another important part of this Advent season, learning to not just gloss but to go deeper into. Um, so yeah, I, I think that this is, it's always good to think about how, how we come back again to this time of waiting and that in waiting, we're getting ready. There's a good landing. I am, uh, you know, pleased to say that oh, many, many years ago, Scott and I ended up in a small group together and um, the, uh, that has stuck around for a while. And when I read this about how, you know, quarantine has changed our dynamics, right? We're spending a lot more time at home. Um, I've made no, and I know a lot of people who have stayed in their normal work environment would have had them traveling. All the priorities that go along with that type of lifestyle have been stripped away with no warning. And oftentimes with, you know, not, not subtly, suddenly you're just not doing that. Anymore. And it has really changed people's family's life. And when I read this about Scott talking with Kathleen about and how she interpreted that, I would not have him writing this that way. That tells me that out of this quarantine, their time together has changed. 
And so, you know, it's funny how when you read somebody else's writing, you see different things than maybe that did. So when I thought of backstory, you know, Scott, I was glad to, I was glad to see you referencing your wife. Oh, yeah. Because we don't scripture by ourselves. You eat it with somebody. You talk about it because you, you cut your food differently. And so, you know, I, I miss some of those times because now it has to be very deliberate. You don't bump into somebody right after and just have a conversation. If you want to have a conversation with somebody, there are all these steps that you have to go through. It is so much more deliberate. And so I don't know how we're going to do that. This, the, the Christmas concert work that's normally big in my family this time of year, we're normally doing an MOS concert and a church concert and a Messiah sing-along. It's crazy time. Most of that work happened because it has to be recorded and it's and all this, that, and the other. And so it's really changed our tradition. So, you know, it's interesting how the backstory, well, Scott, thank you so much for, sure. you know, uh, get, giving us a little visibility in that. Well, Rusty, um, I think you're up next. I'm, I'm just flipping through these. Um, All right. All right. Well, um, put my devotional up here in a second, Eric, but um, I want to read the scripture. But thanks. First, Scott, thanks for that. That's that's very helpful. And, and uh, Mark, there's not much chance that I will fall into different languages this morning in translation of uh, what I have to say. And since I don't know any, uh, I might, I could fall into some speaking in tongues since I have that Pentecostal root, but then that would make one heck of a breakfast, wouldn't it? So um, we'll, uh, I'll probably just stay in English. And, uh, and, you know, I've had the same experience. I mean, Eric kind of told us all how this came about. And, um, and, and Mark and Scott were surprised by their scripture. I, you know, until I got the booklet last night, until Eric reached out and then I got the booklet last night, I didn't even know I'd made the book um, and certainly didn't, didn't know how serious the edits were to what I'd had to, had to share there. But, um, but I did get it. And, you know, when we got the briefing on this, I'm thinking, okay, you know, that's great. I wonder if I'm going to get that scripture, you know, with it, with the bugles playing and the, you know, the triumphant from the heavens or maybe with the angel coming in or the, the gifts or um, I like the mu I like, I like the donkey trip because I'm a horse guy. So, so probably that, cause this is, this is Advent and this is Christmas. And um, the scripture I got was second Peter three, eight to 15. And it says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Speed its coming. Don't run from its coming. Speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him in mind. With him, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. That cannot be Christmas scripture. <laughs> I mean, there's just no way. This, this is Ash Wednesday devotional material, right? Uh this is confession. It kind of like, really? 
Really? I mean, who? I felt like somebody had something big going on in their life when they sent these scriptures out, right? So I kind of had to start baking. The very first thing that came to my mind was the story about the guy that didn't believe in God, but he was beginning to question himself. He ran to his friend, and his, his friend, who was deeply devotional, said, look, what you need to do is you need to get by yourself somewhere, probably in the woods. Nobody can hear you, and you need to cry out and just cry, God, are you there? And um, so the guy does that. He goes into the woods all by himself, and he says, God, are you there? And he hears this voice that says, yes, my son. And he said, well, he didn't know what to do. He said, well, remember the only thing he could. He said, well, God, is it true that a second, I mean, that a thousand years is like a second to you? God said, yes, my son. And he thought a little more deviously. And he said, well, God, is it true that a million dollars is like a penny to you? And God said, yes, my son. The guy, so the guy said, well, God, can you give me a penny then? And God said, sure, in just a second. <laughs> so uh, when I'm reading this scripture, that's what comes to me, okay? I'm thinking that's not going to work in a devotional, right? <laughs> and I, as I read into this and I bake into this, I remember a conversation I had with a really good friend of mine, and this will lead to a confession. So a really good friend of mine, that became, has become the, the president of High Tech Ministries is a, a reformed alcoholic. It's been clean for 30 years. And we're at lunch and we're talking about how sin creeps into our life. And he said, you know, Rusty, really, there's no accountability. And then there is. Sin comes into your life and it sells you on the fact there's no accountability. And then there is. In a second, then there is. And that's what I remembered when I when I read this, God's patient, but there is coming this accountability. And for me, my devotional became a confession because, and you know, one sin that I, that's been in my life for a long time is this sin of the whirlwind. This uh, kind of, you know, God's given me this set, this piece of the thousand years, and I've just run as hard as you can run. You know, I am just doing everything I can do. Even when I work for the Lord sometimes, it's just everything that I can do. And if you read along in the devotional here, I'm not going to read it to you. I want you just to read along in it. I, I have come to understand that that is not the pace. And this coronavirus has really helped with this as we've spent time on the farm in Alabama. That is not the pace that God's ordained for my life. And I realize that we passed on to our children as an example and then as a worldly pressure we passed on this, this outrageous pace. And what the pace does for us, it's not a thousand years. It becomes the same day repeated over and over and over again. Run as hard, get up the next. Run as hard, get up the next. And what it does is it puts us out of sync with the Lord. And what it does for me is just what Scott said. Patient runs thin, but it's not God's patient with me. It's my patience with him. I'm like, come on, God, I'm, I'm trying hard. I'm here, I'm pushing, I'm putting out, I'm spending time with your people. Come on, manifest that in a bigger way, do something. And he patiently waits for me to get on his schedule. And then as you read through that scripture, it says he's inviting us to this place. And he's not, you know, when we go to church, we get dressed up. When we go there, we have to see if we got the right car, the right place, the right, we have to present ourselves. 
And his invitation is, look, present yourself spotless. I don't care what shirt you have on. I don't care what your clothes are like. I'm not measuring you on your achievements. I am not looking at how you have improved yourself. I'm not looking at how you've improved. Yes, you were destined for good works that I, I established ahead of time. I'm just looking that you got into my rhythm in life and that you have become spotless, not because of who you are, but because of who I am, that you've tied to me. And in tying to me, I've been able to redeem you and invite you to this party that we should look forward to. And when I talk to so many people that are my friends, Christian friends this year with this election coming up, regardless of who they were behind, it was like apocalyptic. If the other guy gets elected, you know, America's going to turn to trash. It's going to die. And, you know, we'd have no, you know, I don't even know where we're going, what's going to happen. And there's translated under that to me was this fear of like the second coming. You know, if we don't get this right, the Antichrist, it's going to be. And it's kind of like, man, aren't we supposed to be looking for the second coming? And here in my assigned scripture, it says that we're supposed to look. And so I've gotten older before I've really understood that my confession is that this pace and God is waiting for me to adopt his rhythm in life. And he's waiting for me, but he will not wait forever. I have friends and family that that live as if they don't know him and they don't know him on a daily basis. And he wait. There is no accountability but then there is. So I would, that's my backstory. I'd like to end with the, the prayer here at the end together, if you guys don't mind. So let me just pray that, Lord, just be a little more patient with me. Forgive me for spending so much time on what I do, what I'm trying to achieve, and what I have. Help me spend more time with you. I know that's what you and I both really want. I also know it's what others need from me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So that's my backstory, Eric. Thank you, Rusty. I, uh, as, as I read yours, I, you know, I almost reached out to almost preempt this conversation. I, I felt convicted by this. And in, in, in the busyness and do, do more, more is more. Is more um, I, I really felt it by that. Um, there's a devotional that I have that I've been reading all year because of somebody, Rusty, um, it talks about balance, and I'm normally a big fan of balance, me balancing your life or whatever. And it, it's, I'll, um, you know, maybe share it at another time, but Rusty, there's a, it, uh, it, it really is, uh, goes well with your, your point here about God's pace and his patience doesn't run out. Thank goodness <clears throat> it doesn't run out. If I make it through noon and my patience hadn't run out with somebody, that's a victory. Um, you know, that is, uh, that, that is a real, uh, it's a real challenge because, I don't know. I guess God gives us these expectations, and what we do with them is is part of that uh, that day to day struggle. Um, yeah. I want to make sure that we have some time for breakouts so that everybody can kind of share what's going on in their lives and prayer concerns. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go quickly through mine. Um, I procrastinated. I want to admit that when when uh, Melissa came up to me and she came up to me in front of Cami and asked me if I would do something, and I'm sure she didn't do that on purpose, right? I'm sure she didn't do that on purpose, but you know, you you don't say no to when you're in front of your wife. It's just basic Southern uh, understanding. And so I said yes before I knew what was involved. And um, I'm glad that I did. But I said, look, the deadline for is the same weekend as my dad's birthday, and I don't know what we're. Therefore, is it okay if I'm late? 
And so, you know, anytime I ask you if it's okay if I'm late, know that means I'm already planning to procrastinate. Just don't ever give me that rope to hang myself with. So I actually put off writing my devotion until election. And I'm glad that I did. My, my script, uh, the scripture that we're probably all familiar with, that it's at Noah in the boat after the flood, sending out the, the dove to find out whether or not this dry land is safe to get off the ark. And on the third time, the dove doesn't come back. But the second time, the dove does come back with an olive branch. And I grasp hold of this olive branch because it's something today that I'm always looking for what, what's in a 2,000-year-old book that is relevant to what I'm working on right now. Right in front of, If I don't do that, it's just something on the shelf as opposed to something that's in front of me. And so I, um, um, the, what was the second Tuesday in November? Is that when elections are held? It was kind of a big deal. This year. There's lots of stuff going on. It's probably the first and only time we've ever gone to a polling place with a mask. And that been a good. And so um, I show up. I don't remember what mask I was wearing. I see a couple of guys probably have stories. You have a Christmas mask, mask on this. Um, so I showed up at my polling place on Election Day because I wanted to kind of be in the midst of everything. And I had the polling place almost to myself. It's an elementary school in our neighborhood. And so there were all of these volunteers. And I was like, am I at the right place? The signs say I should be here. But I was expecting to have to wait for an hour and a half and go through this arduous process. But instead, I, there must have been volunteers. And I was literally the only one voting at that instant on, at noon on that two. I didn't know any of who were volunteers. All I had to go by was what they liked behind their masks. And I had to, from what I could see, and I'm deliberately keeping on my mask right now, are these people happy? Are they invitational? Are they glad? That we, are they glad? That, or are they not? Are they frustrated or worried about the election or whatever? And I decided I could have gotten one of them in their joy to be there being a part of that process. And so in this time where we're all wearing masks, and it is much harder to tell what people, somebody is actually thinking than when they don't have their mask on. When you can see if they're smiling about something or worried about something. And so last night I had you know, I had a situation. Um, uh, one of the guys at the quartet came up to me after our choir room, and um, we both had on our mask. We were, you know, and he came up to me in a way, and I was afraid. I don't know what registered on me. I was afraid he was about to have to tell me, look, I can't quartet anymore. That's where my head went. I have no idea. I'll, I'll talk to him about it now that I've outed it. Um, and, and I went through that response. What, what did he do at our rehearsal last night that has him so upset that he is going to leave the quartet? This is what was raging in my mind. And as he was speaking to me, I couldn't understand him very well. The mask was getting in the way, and I couldn't see his body language. Well, turns out that's not what he wanted to talk to me about at all, but I went drama of I'm about to, something that I care about very deeply is at risk. So these masks show hide a great deal. They change the way you sound, they change the way you look, and you have to decide, are you looking for some God in the, or are you afraid that they're taking, they're going to, you know, be in your space and that they're bringing disease or disruption to your life? And so, you know, it's kind of crazy that that's where my head went from a dove bringing back an olive branch. But is is that symbol of peace? that I'm going to try and live out every day in Advent, looking for that peace of God in somebody else, even if they don't know that they're carrying it. I have to do, and I hope that that will be some real Christmas spirit towards them in whatever happens. So, um, you know, I, I, I find um, every Christmas, um, my, I have a birthday. Uh, my birthday is the 20th, 
And so it's always muddled in. I have a cousin who's also has a birthday on December 20th and an uncle who has a birthday between December 20th and Christmas. And so the way we celebrate our birthdays has always been tied together with family. And we're not planning to get together. This, um, you know, it's just hard to to realize that so many of the just do naturally right now are disrupted. And we either find God's and other for uh, uh, other benefits of the spirit in this change, or it just irritates us and takes away, it takes away from our, our lives. So, you know, I hope that everybody, as you go through these devotionals, um, you know, take a minute, feel free to reach out. What they didn't do was they didn't give us a way to reach out. If you'd like to talk to somebody who wrote one of these devotional, if it registers on you, I'm sure you can go through me or Melissa um, and you can get a contact information because every one of these devotions has a backstory. Every one of the people who wrote this, you know, went through a process to try and take scripture and apply it to what was going on in their immediate life. And that's a that's a great exercise. So I want to thank Kramer and and, and Scott and Rusty for being here this morning. And uh, if you see Ethan anytime in the next month, you know, be sure to ask him how the wedding went. I think he's got wedding jitters right now and is going through all the, the craziness of trying to have a wedding in the midst of um, a, a pandemic. Um, uh, I'd like to break us up in the breakout sessions. Just a minute, the people in the room will be in one, and I'll probably do um, one for each of the other speakers who are remote. Take about, you know, take tips here. I'll try and do longer than I did last time. Find out what's going on in each lives and come back with a, a praise and a, a prayer concern, and then we'll, we'll wrap up in about 10 minutes. Is that okay? So let me see if I can do breakout rooms here real quickly. And, oh, I mean, I don't need all these so it'll take me a second to assign people to the right. Uh, add a room, room, add a room. Uh, open. Oh, come on. Do it automatically. There's got to be a, hmm. I thought there was automatic way to, maybe if I delete all these in. Hold on one second. Sorry. For, uh, you either have to do it all automatic or not at all automatic. So once you start creating rooms, it yeah. doesn't do automatic anymore. If you tell it from the start, you tell it do automatic with five people per room and shuffle, it'll do that. <clears throat> all right. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate your uh, guru level. Uh, <laughs> so let's do close all rooms, delete. This is training for everybody here. You're going to you go. each end up having to lead a meeting at some point in your church life. Uh, if I do open all rooms. <clears throat> all right, Scott, I'm not seeing how to do. Uh, I don't see yours because I'm the, you're the host. Recreate, recreate all rooms. So here we go. Three breakout rooms. Perfect. There you go. Boom. And if I may move people around just real briefly, but so here we go. You'll have to say accept to be a breakout room. Hey, I think that works. This one. Hey, Bobby. Yeah. Good morning. Somehow you're still in this room. Do you mind being our, our one remote person? Okay. All right. Excellent. So prayer concerns, what's going on? It's good to see. We haven't seen each other in a while. Last time I checked, your kids were having uh, sporting events on the weekends. How? So you know, we when you're outside. Yeah. And kids studying from home mostly, or how's that no, working? They, I've got, they're going, they're going to come back. Oh, wow. From, are we kidding? <laughs> I thought that's my Christmas. So you're O negative, COVID covered with, and that it's, makes you, uh, right uh, yeah, I'm glad. Mm. Uh, I count that. Others? Uh, wife and I were coming back from the walk, right? As we walked into our, our own the garage door across the street, girls were ginger. We watched these grow up. They're in middle school. So we just kind of went over it was going on. The mother came out and said, I was just getting ready, so I'm having a replacement Friday. I said, now, 40 years old, 75. I've got a lot of people outpatient. 
Come to find out, she came mm -hmm. here. That's amazing. And they won't, she'll be in the hospital overnight? I said, Woo! Yeah. Don't get up, I'll text you. <laughs> what uh, age are the kids now? For up an hour. I asked her. Mm -hmm. Wow. Hard to believe. Hip, hip replacement, and, and you don't even sleep there overnight. And, and it's the ball joint of birthday. Mm. Well, Jim, thank you for having, you have a guest. He's in a breakout session. He'll get to meet some other folks. Um, that's great. I, that's the one advantage to everything being virtualized is that the number of people who have moved away or maybe were never in Roswell, but knew someone in Roswell affiliated with the church in some way has really grown because, you know, if you're, everybody's remote, it doesn't matter where you're remote from. No, wow. And I didn't. So he said the other day it would be okay. Got on it live. He's watching. Anyway, there he is. And so, right. I really, would. anyway, you never know. I mean, you never know the reach. Of well, you can even sing in the choir from from the mission. <laughs> well, um, Bob, uh, I'm gonna close the. I'm gonna bring everybody here back together. Any other prayer concerns that you wanna make certain we don't leave behind? Let's see if it will let me together here. Sixty seconds this clock. <laughs> if you can get Zoom to work for you. Yeah, go ahead. Well, the entire weight, shin, yeah, didn't break it. Boy, welcome. She works heel. She got it right. Ouch. She's open. Kevin, good to see you. Glad you made it in person. Have a good day. I think everybody's coming back from the breakout rooms. <coughs> David. Let's see here. Let me put you back in on the bout mode. Who can report in from uh, room one? I think that's our room, and I noticed that Brother Ross was taking notes, so I think we just nominated Brother Ross if we were room one. <laughs> Happy to, happy to. Yeah, I didn't know what our room number, didn't see that anywhere, so I was hesitating. Yeah, um, uh, Joe was uh, wanting prayer for his mother, uh, Harriet. Uh, just the isolation that a lot of our parents, if, uh, if some of our parents are still alive, uh, are feeling uh, not being able to get together and just, uh, you know, knowing that we care about them, but having a hard time getting together. Um, uh, Mark was lifting up his wife, Helen, uh, Ellen, sorry, Ellen. Uh, she's got, she's got a skin, uh, uh, disease problem that they're, they're not really sure what it is. And so she's going through some tests and, uh, Mark said his prayer was for her peace as they go through this. And then, um, Bob was, uh, wanting us to pray for his sister-in-law, Laura, uh, who's, uh, having a tough time going through a bunch of things and uh, just lift Laura up. Thank you. Um, Jeff, if it's okay at the end, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer. Um, okay. And so uh, room two had Scott Dixon in it. It did, in fact. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, we were kind of talking about more generally uh, in terms of things that are affecting us that we need to lift up in prayer is people who are, are supporting people who, who have health problems, right? So, uh, John talked about it. his wife went with a friend of theirs to the doctor for a consultation and had to sit in the car. Uh, recently, I had I had stuff and, and Kathleen had to do the same thing. And it's really hard to, to be able to be supportive for people. So those people in the midst of it, as well as the people on both ends of that, you know, we need to, to lift them up so that we know how to and to give the support uh, and to also be able to look for those, like you said, the conversations that come 
out of the blue because as we're home and as we're into a, a different sort of a forced routine, <clears throat> you just don't have that. You don't have that chance to bump into you know, hear God speak or to even be able to hear each other. So that was kind of the thing we're talking about. Well, Rusty, can you report in from your group? Well, Eric, you gave me the two Davids and the Steve, so they are uh, non-compliant rule breakers. So <laughs> we, uh, we didn't do anything you told us to do, um, but I will take a little liberty. Um, we, we talked, you know, in a, in a different way, we talked about the value of place. So we talked some about the farm and some about lakes and some about the places where we feel close to God, you know, at, that we've had some time here. And, and, and just a little bit also, I think behind that uh, was the thankfulness for the technology that allows us to be near when we can't be together. And, you know, I think we forget, uh, we kind of want to talk bad about it, but we forget what a gift it is. You know, David in particular, Hills talked about being able to Zoom with his family on Thanksgiving, right? Yes. And I think um, I think what I can kind of represent that we all had a mutual conviction that says when we get to gather again, we'll never take it for granted. So I would say we should hold each other accountable to that because we tend to have short memories, mm -hmm. right? And so I would say one value of of our men's group would be to hold all of ourselves, you know, accountable that we'll never take it for granted again when we gather. Well, you know, I'll build, I'll build on the, the technology. We had one celebration here where Jay's whole family went through, I'll put Jay on camp, see him over here, wave Jay. I don't know if they can see you well, but Jay's whole family went through COVID in July. And, you know, um, the good news is they came through that and Jay is an O negative, COVID survivor with antibodies. And his Christmas is to go give platelet, which is a three hour type of operation. Because right now his blood is gold for folks yeah. who are in a situation, um, especially those who are higher at risk. So what an incredible gift. I mean, it, it's a gift with a cost, but what an incredible gift to do that. Um, Gene's next door neighbor, who is 40 years old, speaking of technology, is going to get a hip replaced and not be in the hospital overnight. So, you know, incredible things that we're now able, if we know, if we're aware of it, right? If you never go to the doctor, those sort of therapies are not available. So I will take this as a reminder to say, if there's something that you've been putting off, that you probably was not the way that you do something, even though, yes, somebody's going to have to drop you off and you're going to have to go in. It's an awkward, the time to put off something should be working it is past, right? You, please don't sit on something, um, you know, that you should. And, and our, our last person here was with Jim, whose wife has a plan and who fell and now is worried that her fall will cause that plan surgery not to take. And that kind of leads to you. It, it eats into your sleep. And so thank you for being willing to, to share that with them. Well, I am grateful that we had plenty of people in the room and plenty of people online. Uh, we will, in January, Bill Floyd will be with us I don't know if he'll be on Zoom or if he'll be in the building, but we're going to try and do it both ways as long as we possibly. And so I am so grateful that I know we've breakfast to be bring your own bacon for a, for a long time to come. And I appreciate everybody being on. Jeff, would you uh, close us out with a word of prayer? Um, yeah, before I do that, I just want you all to know, uh, I thought it was fascinating. Uh, Bob is in our was in our breakout group and he's been here on the screen. Bob lives in Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's connected with Jim Gephardt uh, through uh, car sale and uh, restoration. 
and Jim told him about our group and uh, he said, I thought that'd be cool. So he's joining our uh, men's breakfast uh, from Michigan. Uh, not a member of the church or I don't know if he's ever even been to the church, but it just kind of talks about, I think, Eric, you've been talking about for a while, uh, the, the need that uh, guys have to get together and find a place. And uh, some of y'all were talking about places, farms and lakes and things. And so this is a place that uh, uh, is, uh, is meeting some needs. So I would take that kind of as a opportunity. You know, when we think of inviting somebody to church, we think of somebody that lives next door to us that can physically come to the church. But all of us know people, you know, in other states, in other towns, in other places, that this might be a, a cool thing for. So maybe as uh, we go into the new year, uh, think of somebody, as long as we're meeting like this and Zoom is an option, you know, there may be an old friend from high school or college or work or something that you can say, you know, hey, you might enjoy this. Join me um, on a Thursday morning on Zoom and we can catch up and be uplifted. So anyway. I just thought that was a great story. Thanks, Jim, for thinking about Bob and uh, inviting him and uh, letting him be a part of this. And Bob, thanks for being here and uh, hope your winter in Michigan uh, uh, goes well. And even before our Nick together, Christmas will be celebrated both in person. I think it's going to be outside, but yeah. also, and if you ever is what it's like to like to and talk about how that light throughout the whole, you'll be able to do that. You'll have to burn your own house down. But you'll there will be both in and a virtual experience for, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, be uh, a good time. So, Jeff, will you will you yeah. close this out? Yeah, let's pray. God, we do give you thanks for this day, for the chance to gather together, to uh, enjoy a plate of bacon and uh, share your word. Thanks for this uh, Advent devotional book and the chance to hear the different stories uh, and uh, and thoughts that folks have. We, uh, we ask you to guide us, lift us up, empower us, encourage us, um, fill us with hope and grace, and compassion as we go into this season. We especially lift up Ellen, Laura, and Harriet. Uh, we lift up uh, the supporters and friends and drivers and caregivers, givers and receivers and, and, and folks that are helping uh, their friends and neighbors and family get through all of this. We thank you for places uh, that we can uh, uh, go and regroup and think and process lakes and farms and uh, for the technology, when we go to those places, we can still connect with uh, events and people and, and things that are important to us. Uh, we pray for Jim's wife uh, in this surgery that's upcoming that the fall wouldn't uh, prohibit her from doing that. We, we lift up our church during this time and uh, Christmas Eve services and things that are going on, God, that you would use that to uh, help people feel more connected to you and more connected to each other. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good to see everybody. Thanks for being here this morning.